Welcome to the Gifters Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Online Program, which teaches you how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is David Sachs. He's a journalist, author, and keynote speaker, as well as the author of The Soul of an Entrepreneur. David, welcome to our podcast. Hey, thanks, Christopher. So I love the title of your book. Why did you decide to call it The Soul of an Entrepreneur? Well, you know, most books about entrepreneurship are focused on the head of the entrepreneur, right? It's, it's looking at how to start a business or how to be successful or the story of someone who's been super successful. And, and the reality is that entrepreneurship is not necessarily this logical financial activity. It's, it's a very emotional, very personal activity that is all encompassing in someone's life and really reflects who they are and their values and their experiences. And most entrepreneurs experience that not as some financial calculation or some unit of economic activity, but, you know, through their soul. And I, I didn't see anything reflecting that, especially as we talked about and lionized sort of entrepreneurship in this big cultural way. Yeah. And it's very telling too, right? Because most people, when they think of Steve Jobs, yes, he's brilliant, but also the same people know that that guy wasn't like the friendliest person. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm always curious about your personal story. So how did you, I mean, did you always have this soulful person, David, or did you have an epiphany at one point where you're like, oh, my soul being sucked away and now I want to regain my soul. So tell us your own personal journey in that. Well, I kind of happened into it. Um, you know, I graduated from university, I don't know, close to 20 years ago, I guess, and, uh, and, and applied for jobs in journalism. It couldn't get me. And someone's like, well, why don't you just go freelance? And I, I was like, all right. And I did. And I was like, oh, this is great. I never need to work for anyone. And I never had. I mean, the last job I had was like as a camp counselor. Um, so I've always worked for myself. I always sort of saw myself as an entrepreneur. My father always worked for himself. My mother had her own business, but none of these were like the big, successful, heavily funded businesses that people lionize when they think about entrepreneurs. And, and yet I knew so many people who went and worked for themselves, whether they were writers or speakers or had a business, a restaurant, a, you know, a small uh, software company, whatever it was in, in, you know, here in Toronto or elsewhere. Um, and there was something that linked them all together, that sense of independence, the, the way they had to balance risk, the way that their work was really tied to their identity. Um, and I think that's something that I recognized in myself, uh, you know, flying alone, flying solo, being an entrepreneur, even if I don't employ anyone and I work from home in my sweatpants. Um, you know, the only time I dress up is when I go to give a talk, like <laughs> dust off the Uniqlo jacket, <laughs> shove it in the carry-on bag. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 it was a very similar experience, right? It's that it's the, you know, uh, tying in so much of who you are with your work and, and deriving a lot of your identity from that um, and, and dealing with how you balance that uh, through good times. And obviously now through more challenging ones. Yeah. And if you look at David's profile on LinkedIn, he has the soul of an entrepreneur, but he also has a, has a, has a picture of himself looking in the, the yonder with a, with a, with a really <laughs> broad smile. Now I say that because unfortunately a lot of people, they don't have a continuity with their brand. You have a great title of your book and it's about the soul. So clearly if, if you didn't seem like a soulful person, it just has a dissonance and it sounds obvious, but it's not. 
And then your bio, and we talked about this prior to our podcast, David, you are actually a paid speaker. You're actually on a speaking bureau. And as you know, like 99% of speakers will never be on a bureau, a bureau because they're essentially agencies for speakers. I'm on a bunch of them. But what I'm saying is you're at the top 1% tier of speakers in the world because a lot of people say they're Am speakers. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're on a bureau, if you think about there's tens of thousands of speakers in the world very few will ever be represented by a bureau. And even the ones that are in a bureau, they don't even get booked because they're just, their name just on yeah. that website. And with you, you, you have figured out how to do that. So I'm curious, since we have a lot of guests that might want to be a speaker, might want to be a paid speaker, might want to be on a bureau. So let's just start with, as we talked before, when you got your first paid speech, was it through a bureau or was it not? I think before I joined a bureau, I got paid. I was doing a book. My first book was about the Jewish delicatessen business. And I went around wow. and spoke it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it won all sorts of awards. And it was like a really well-received book. And I you know, went around and did a tour of various synagogues and Jewish community centers. And you know, flying all over and doing them all for free. And then someone who had worked in that similar world who had written a best-selling book about Yiddish actually was like, you know, you should ask them to pay you. And I was like, you can do that? He's like, yeah. He's like, ask him for, you know, 2000 bucks. I was like, wow, I don't know. He's like, trust me, do it. And I did. And they paid. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I could do this. Um, and, and, you know, when the next book came out and it was a more broad topic, it was about the business of food trends. And I approached someone I knew who I worked for the, the Lavin agency, which is who I've been with ever since. And, you know, we signed with them and they're like, look, we don't know when it's going to happen. It might take a while. It took six months, I think, to book the first gig. And I was just astounded when it had happened. And every time I get one of those emails saying, hey, would you like to speak to this group in this place? You know, and I mean, it's been so broad and random from groups of farmers, like wearing John Deere hats in rural uh, Oregon to, you know, a, a high five-star business conference in um, Korea where, you know, Jack Moss, the other speaker, like uh, I, I'm always just like grateful for all of it and just astounded, <laughs> you know, there, there's this wonderful, beautiful sense of imposter syndrome I always feel. Um, uh, no, but what is that one line on you said prior to the podcast? Something about something about God? Oh, well, thankful for, yeah, just You're like, like, <laughs> like, oh, wow, thank God. Like, this is, you know, but, just, but just what, coming in. Yeah, the, that's the thing. It's like, uh, my, my was much more humble where I, 19 years ago, I went to a church and I spoke there in Stanford, Connecticut. The pastor walks up to me after my speech with a big smile yeah. on his face, hands me a check, $50. And I didn't care. I didn't care if it was $5, but I always tell people, though I haven't paid up to $30,000 for a speech, that $50 my first time was the turning point because as like you know, people don't believe it until it's real and they see the check in their hands. And when yeah. you get paid that money, like let's like it's ridiculous. No one should get paid five, ten, twenty thousand dollars to give a hour talk. But if yeah. people are going to get paid, well, how do you do that? And in, and in your case, you're doing it as am I. And that's why I, I'm always evangelizing because, as you said, unless that person told you, well, have you considered asking? And then you right. did, and then it worked. And yeah, now, and I have, I, I have, I know people who are always getting invited to conferences and they're excited to go. And it's like, well, how does it work? Well, who's doing the conference? Okay, you should, you should see if they'll pay you as a speaker. <laughs> oh, no, I couldn't do that. Like, I know. I don't want to offend the conference organizer. And it's like, look, this is not, you know, do they have a budget to rent the hall? Yes. Do, how, you know, are they doing this? What type of hotel is it? Okay, like, here's how, you know, they have the money for it. And yeah. I think the best thing about the agent that, that the agency taught me that I think people can, you know, even if they're not with an agency could say is like, you know, 
if there's a money to put on a conference, there's a money to pay. There's money to yeah. pay speakers. Yeah. And the amount of times that people are like, "Well, we don't have a budget," I'm like, "We'll just talk to the agency." And it's like, "Oh, wow, they had they actually had quite a decent budget. They were able to like find that amount of money. That's that's pretty incredible." Yeah. Um, and some conferences, they might be more thought leadership where like Davos or Milken, like, like some of them are really, they're not going to pay a President Clinton or Richard Branson. Well, they might pay Richard Branson, but what I'm saying is like, there's certain level of conferences like super thought leadership, they don't pay, but there's a lot of conferences that do. And until you ask, like you did, you never know. And so that's, a great, yeah. that's a great thing. The, the last question I have for you, David, is your book. What's the one feeling, emotion, takeaway that when someone reads a book, after they put it down, whether virtually or otherwise, what, what do you hope they get from your book in one sentence? I hope they get a sense of what it actually feels like to be an entrepreneur uh, and why that is the most important part of it, more than business strategy, more than the sort of, you know, goals of, of what you're trying to achieve financially. Because entrepreneurship is always going to be this inherently personal journey and if you don't have a good sense of what that means and what you want that journey to be you've already failed as an entrepreneur i think you know that is that's the most important thing and that's what i i, I sought to to capture no that's great and what i hope our listeners capture in their lives literally if you go to david sachs x s s a x on linkedin and just look at the guy's face and his facial expression and his smile because <laughs> no i i, I that david, was a picture from the speaking agency i gotta yeah. say so <laughs> well i say that and I, and, I, and I wish i was joking but i'm not I, we just had a guest literally right before you and i said to her um if you want to see sadness, go stand at Grand Central Station at nine o'clock before all this happened or post COVID and look yeah. at the people's faces because most of the faces at nine o'clock at Grand Central Station in Manhattan, they're sad, they're depressed. They literally look like they want to just like not live. But if you look at your picture, smiling, happy, you know, you're either the most amazing actor or you really are genuinely happy and soulful. But I really hope that for everyone, because again, so many people, David, are not living their dreams, are not doing what they want to do, are not living even a minimal of their dreams. So I hope they have that ability one day, sooner rather than later, to have that sense of effervescence soul in your smile. Because really, as, as um, Mother Teresa once said, the smile is the beginning of love. And it sounds like you're a very loving person. You want to give oh, and serve. So well, I really appreciate nice. you here, David. And thank, thank you, you so much. How can thank I guess so much. connect with you and stay in touch with you? Uh, you can find me on um, LinkedIn or I guess Twitter. Uh, it's Twitter. It's Sax David, S-A-X. Um, and LinkedIn, it's that's the same thing. Um, uh, look for the smiling Sax David. I guess there's a frowning one. Smiling Actually, the only Sachs. other guy I know that has my name uh, is a dentist. So he probably has a good smile as well. <laughs> um, uh, but I think, you know, I think the, the, the thing that, that that comes through is like, there's so often I see people who are like top 100 speaker, thought leader, you know, in their bio. And, and you know, it's, there's this idea of like, especially LinkedIn, it's like, you have to be serious here. It's like, just be genuine to who you are, right? I, that that's what people want is is your genuine self. Don't yeah. don't try to make yourself into something you're not. If you're the kind of person who's a bit of a wise ass like I am, then embrace it. Great, David. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gifters Podcast. If you want to learn how to turn your story into a successful speaking and online coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com to learn more.